1: Welcome back to the Bear Report Podcast. My name is Jeremy Stoltz. I'm the publisher of bearreport.com, here again with my partner, Bears Insider, Aaron Lemming. How you doing, buddy? Doing all right, man. It's a three-day weekend. The draft is
2: gone, and you know, as exciting as it was, nice, nice little break ahead outside of what, minicamp and all the other fun stuff, but we've got about a, what, a a two-and-a-half Month period where there's not really much of anything.
1: Well, we do have rookie minicamp coming up next week, and then OTAs. Um, as far as access goes uh, for the press, we will get an opportunity to see all these rookies uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday next week. Full practices with just those rookies, and then they'll start OTAs after that. That's once a week access on I believe it's every Tuesday or Wednesday for all three weeks of OTAs after that, veteran minicamp. But yeah, there's really I mean, other than these these uh, sporadic practices. Uh, That we get to watch Uh, now is kind of that lull between the draft and training camp. But the draft, I mean, we got to talk about it. This is our first draft post uh, 2018 NFL draft. And, uh, you know, this is an opportunity to get a look at the talk about these seven picks, starting with the number eight overall pick, Roquan Smith. What do you think? I liked it. I, I think,
2: especially with the way the board fell, I think it made a ton of sense. I mean, my guy was Quentin Nelson, but I don't think that was overly realistic. But I think. I think they made the right move here. I think my, my biggest concern moving into the draft, especially in the first round, was are they going to reach on somebody? Whether that had been Harold Landry, who didn't even go till the second round. The Bears actually passed on him twice. Or even Marcus Davenport, who the Saints ended up trading up. I think it was from like 28 to like 14 or 15. I can't remember what it was. But I'm glad they made the logical pick. And I know – I think we talked about this on the podcast. Or maybe it was a radio spot I said this on. But when you look at outside linebacker a few years ago, they had – Willie Young, Lamar Houston, and Pernel McPhee. And then the Bears traded up and they took uh, Leonard Floyd. And a lot of people are like, well, why? Outside linebackers not even need. And and I think we saw very, very quickly how a strength or even just a position that doesn't look like a need, like inside linebacker this year with Nick Kutkowski and Danny Trevathan, how quickly that can become a need. Uh, for a team, so I think you know, getting a guy like Roquan Smith, who I think is going to play play the jack for him, a uh, very instinctive guy, very athletic guy, you know, a little bit quote unquote undersized because he's six one and two thirty eight or whatever it is, but I think overall the pick makes a lot of sense, and it kind of goes back to that you know that that Pepsi Challenge type of thing where you you look at a position and you say okay, well it doesn't need to be upgraded, but it can be upgraded, and then you start seeing how big the upgrade might be and i think that 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 roquan smith is going to be a very impactful player for the bears i think i had him as like my number eight overall talent and i think he was the third defensive guy that i had graded out or whatever it may be but this is a really good pick for them and maybe it wasn't a giant need on paper but i think it makes a lot of sense
1: no and i i like the fact that you brought up you know leonard floyd and at the time you know the the bears having pernell mcphee lamar houston Mm -hmm. willie young uh, didn't necessarily seem like a need at the time. Now, you know, those guys uh, past their prime aren't even on the team anymore. And now we're just left with Leonard Floyd and the, and the new guys, Aaron Lynch, and, and potentially this uh, six-round pick, Kylie Fitz. But really, that's all that the Bears have at edge rush. So when you look at inside linebacker, yes, they did have... Or, or they do have Danny Trevathan, they do have Nick Kwiatkowski. But like you mentioned, it may not have been a huge need, but the upgrade between, I believe, Roquan Smith and Nick Kwiatkowski is substantial. And I know that Vic Fangio likes to uh, rotate his linebacker, so I don't think that you know the days are numbered for Kwiatkowski. I, I think that the, he will still have a role... Per- Uh, potentially on first down, and it it just creates more depth at a position. uh, You know, Tureathan missed some time last year. Kwiatkowski has had his uh, injury issues. Uh, But I think just in general, like you mentioned, he was the best player on the board at eighth overall, Uh, you know, and he's a sideline-to-sideline guy. He's a three-down linebacker, a guy who's very good in coverage. I don't think people are giving him enough credit. For what he's been able to do both in man and zone sets very good awareness very good breaks on balls has good burst and he can cover tight ends and running backs one-on-one all day long he has that type of quickness and agility and when you talk about his ability to fill gaps and the power that he brings and you know the way that he moves laterally and just uh, the downhill uh, manner in which he plays football I mean his it, it, the, the hits that he made at, at, at Georgia were just unreal and I, I, I think that he's going to come in and be not only a day one starter but he's going to be an impact player and you you mentioned his size 239 6'1", 239, he did run a 4.5, and if you go back, and I'm not saying he's the next Patrick Willis, but if you go back and look at Patrick Willis, who played under Vic Fangio, who who excelled under Vic Fangio, you see a guy who was 6'1", around 241 pounds, who ran a 4.5. So physically, athletically, he's about the same as Patrick Willis. I'm, again, not saying he's the next Patrick Willis, but if he comes close to what Patrick Willis was able to do with that same similar type of skill set... Under the same defensive coordinator in Vic Fangio, then he's just he's going to be well well worth that eighth overall pick. And I you know the Bears wanted him. The Bears had him lined up the whole time. They visited him with him and they took him out. They knew this was their guy, so they didn't need to trade up trade back. He fell to him, and, and I believe you know when you look at the other options on the board at eighth overall, I don't think there was a better player here. And I think I don't think there was a player who can come in and be a day one contributor in this in the way that Roquan Smith will. So I, I think this is a great pick. Again, like you mentioned, not a position of need, but could become a position of need very fast. And with Jarrell Freeman retiring, obviously the, the depth uh, at that position, uh, you know, is a little uh, reduced. So I, I love the pick of, of Smith. I'm, I'm, I'm curious what your grade is for, for Smith. Well, I'm giving
2: uh, Roquan Smith an A. I think that's just a solid pick.
1: That's an A for fight for you guys, by the way. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's Aaron's. That's Aaron's grade. I will also give him an A because that's an awesome pick. I, re- I really think that it it it, it gives. Uh, an element of speed to the defense and necessarily didn't have with Nick Kwiatkowski and uh, you know you pair him up with Danny Trevathan and and the in the agility and the quickness that both guys bring on defense I think that that interior uh, that second level of that 3-4 defense is going to be really really strong. Um, Anything else should we talk about at Robaquan Smith or move on? I think we're pretty well good. I
2: think we've pretty well got it covered. This is right. just one of those moves that I think the Bears, in terms of uh, scoring yards, all that stuff for top 10, DVOA, I think they're right around 14. But this is a kind of move that the Bears needed to make because this is a kind of move that will improve the defense. And maybe it doesn't look like it on paper right away. But this is a type of impact move that can get them into a top
1: six, top seven type defense. And I will bring up one thing with Roquan Smith as far as his uh, effectiveness. Uh, the, one, the one negative that I saw on film with, with him is that he does struggle to get off blocks when the big guys get their hands on him. So I think one of the keys going forward, and we'll talk about this with some of the later draft picks, but one of the keys going forward is to make sure that Roquan Smith stays clean. And the Bears already have two huge bodies up front who can eat up blockers and Eddie Goldman and Akeem Hicks. Uh, I think the plan is right now is to use them as their pure two gap skill sets use them as two gap players and th- in that way they'll be able to keep those uh, uh blockers from getting to the se- second level because if smith can 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 be clean and roam free he's going to be an outstanding linebacker at the next level but if those guys can't keep blockers off of him uh you know he might not be as effective between the tackles so i do think that there's a there's a, a not a schematic shift but the, an emphasis that needs to be put on those front guys to make sure that that smith's stays clean. Uh, moving on, James Daniels. What do you think of the offensive lineman the Bears got in the second round?
2: Another really good pick. I had James Daniels as a uh, first-round grade, and there's a lot of hype in uh, Jonathan Wood, and, and, and I'm going to bring him up a little bit more, Jonathan Wood, uh, later on. He's, he's a guy on Twitter, good friend of mine, uh, but very, very uh, knowledgeable with numbers, different things like that. And, you know, he, he kind of brought up a, you know, a, a good point in terms of the the age with these guys. And and but the, I think the biggest thing that, that there was a lot of hype going into the draft saying, oh, there's going to be four or five interior offensive linemen taking the first round. And and John had kind of shown that, uh, you know, as much hype as there's been, the amount of interior linemen that usually go in the first round of the draft is usually around two or three. And that's kind of the high side. And I think we ended up seeing I want to say it was. Two, I think it was two because I think Isaiah Wynn got drafted as a tackle. Uh, but either way, there was some talent that fell to them in the second round, one of them being Daniels, uh, one of them being Will Hernandez. And I think the biggest thing for Bears fans to kind of keep in mind with this uh, is the fact that uh, Will Hernandez was definitely more of a power guy. He's, he's not a fit for the zone, uh, not nearly as athletic. And speaking of athleticism, when you look at what James Daniels is, I mean, the way he's able to get to the second level is is very impressive. <clears throat> I think he's he's only twenty years old. Uh, I think he he definitely needs to add strength. It's almost kind of like Cody White here. I, I think this is a very similar situation to Cody White here, where he's going to need to add strength. He's going to need to do a couple of things. Uh, I will be completely honest and say I don't particularly agree with them moving or you know wanting to put him at guard right away. But at the same time, I also don't think that's going to last long. I think. Cody Whitehair has had two years in of NFL off-seasons to be able to come in and, you know, going on the third right now to be able to come in, add strength. He's got some position versatility. He was drafted as a guard. They only moved him to center because they signed Josh Sitton. And I think overall, James Daniels, because of his athleticism, what he's able to do, I think he is a better fit at, uh, at center than he is guard. We'll see how it goes. But overall... Uh, at least in in my with my take uh, in the the way I view Daniels, I think this is a very very good pick, especially from a value standpoint. And I think really the other thing about it is too is that, uh, you know, it's just you look at the age, you look at everything else that goes with it, and, and the scheme fit is just I, everything is just it, it makes a lot of sense for them. And this was a big need going in the draft, and I was a little worried. That they're going to say, okay, we're we're comfortable with Jordan Morgan, we're comfortable with Eric Cush, maybe even Haranas grasu We're not overly worried about it, but I think the versatility, uh, the value of the pick, his age, uh, and and just the fact that uh, Kurt Ferentz is a very, very good, uh, very good offensive line coach, uh, very good coach in general uh, over at Iowa. But I think that that him and Harry stand, at least from what I've read, do have a relationship. So I think there was. Definitely a little bit of, you know, touching and base and understanding what's going on. I think he's going to fit perfectly into what Harry stands wanting to do on the offensive line.
1: Yeah, and I think you bring up, you know, when you bring up Heastan and, 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 you know, his impact on this offensive line. I mean, yeah, maybe, you know, Pace came out and said, we're going to start him at guard. We'll leave Whitehair at center. But I think it's really going to be up to heestand to say, hey, uh, you know, this guy needs to play here. This guy needs to move here. And, and he's one of the consensus best offensive linemen in and uh, offensive line coach coaches in the NFL, so I don't see... Any reason why he wouldn't be able to figure this out very quickly and 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 decide you know where Daniels is best suited, whether that's at guard or uh, center? Uh, I agree with you. I think he is probably better off at center, but I also think Cody Whitehair is a better center than he is guard. So uh, it'll be interesting to where to see where he ends up. But I do think that, that positional flexibility was very attractive to the Bears. Uh, you know, they think he can play multiple positions. He even said uh, in the conference call after he was selected. You know, in the NFL, you you can't just say you're a center. You have to be able play multiple positions, uh, be a swing guard, be a, be that backup center at the same time. And I think he can and, and you bring up his movement and I think really that's the biggest thing that attracted them to the Bears other than, you know, like you said he's a 20-year-old, they're, they're really going to be able to mold him into their system. Uh you, you know, he hasn't had he hasn't been playing long enough to develop all those bad habits. So they're going to get this raw prospect who I really think can start fairly early. I do think he he's better than Eric Push right away. We'll see. Um but I you know, I really think that the his ability to move and not only getting at the second level which he's great at he finds guys he locks them up at the second level but just the way he moves laterally in this zone scheme his ability to get up the field I think all of that works very well in what head coach Matt Nagy is going to want to do with this run game I mean you go back and look at the KC tape a lot of stretch runs, a lot of zone runs for Kareem Hunt, who led the league in, in rushing last year. So I, I, I don't think uh, there's any reason that they're going to stop doing that. I think Daniels, like you said, fits this scheme perfectly. And, uh, you know, it was good value in the second round. I, I, you know, it was, a, it was a position of need. The guy fell. Like you said, a lot of people had him in a first-round grade. So, you know, when you get that type of guy at a position of need, you can't pass him up. And I think, like I said, I think Daniels is going to be uh, a starter uh, sooner rather than later whether that's at a uh, center or guard but i i do think uh this is this is another solid pick and and you know pace didn't have to trade up or do any uh type of maneuvering to get them so uh what is your uh final grade on on mr daniels well i think we need another a chord i can do that uh i'm actually gonna go with a b plus just because uh they did like you said pass on landry twice and uh pass rush was a big need so uh excuse me for this bar chord okay um that was a b uh let's move on pace tra- you know, but j- just just I, do we need to get some audio uh so moving on anthony miller the newest wide receiver for the bears uh ryan pace traded up with the new england patriots uh switch second round picks so they got the patriots second round pick this year they gave up next year's second round pick as well as one of their fourth round picks this year to select the memphis wide receiver who it was highly highly productive over 1400 yards his last two seasons uh, 90 catches plus per season and 14 receiving touchdowns i mean this guy when you you put the film on I know he played at Memphis. I know he played at a, at a in a smaller, somewhat smaller conference, not one of the big conferences, big six conferences. But this guy was borderline unstoppable at times. There were games where he just took over. I mean, you could see his quarterback looking his way on every pass play. And it didn't matter if he was open or not. He was making plays left and right. Uh, a guy who high points deep balls. Uh, a guy, you know, he really reminds me. I mean, he's a little undersized. Uh, 5'11, but he's still 211 pounds, so he's got that thick body type, even though he doesn't have ideal size. I, I, honestly, when I watch the film, I see Steve Smith. Uh, the former Panthers and Ravens wide receiver. I see a guy who's ultra competitive on the field, who fights for every football, never takes a playoff, has that uber confidence that came through. Just, you, you see it on film, and then when we talked to him after the draft, he was just as confident, which you want to see out of that wide receiver position. Uh, you know, I, I see a guy who runs crisp routes, makes Uh, really good breaks you know one of the best route runners in this draft and other than his size and and the foot injury that didn't allow him to run which he said was a uh, stopped him from running at the at the combine as well as the as his pro day this is a this is a first round talent i mean if he's two inches taller and he runs at the pro day uh, or at the combine and puts up a decent number which i believe he would have he's extremely fast on film I think he's a first-round pick. I don't even think he falls as far as, as as where the Bears got him. So to move up, I mean, ultimately, in my opinion, you're only giving up a fourth-round pick. You basically traded second-round picks with the Patriots and gave up a fourth-round guy to get a potential day-one starter at wide receiver, a guy with a skill set uh, that complements the other receivers that the Bears have right now. I think Miller can play both slot and outside. I think he's going to be a weapon on deep balls. I think he can run the short stuff. He's good after the catch. I mean, really, I, I looked at the film, and other than a few— you you know, concentration drops, some silly drops on, on easy passes, which I think can can easily be rectified. There's not a whole lot to like about Miller. I, honestly, I think this was a great move by Pace. What do you think? I agree. I, I think
2: the biggest thing with Anthony Miller, I, I think there's a few reasons he dropped. One, I'm just going to put it out there. He was one of my favorite receivers in the draft. But there's a, there's a few reasons why I think he dropped One. It's very evident that combine testing uh, as a whole is becoming more and more important to teams as they get more in the analytical aspect of the game. So I think that alone right there definitely hurt him. I think the other thing is, is he's going to be 24 in his rookie year. Uh, he was he's basically he was a redshirt senior uh, as a walk-on. And I think, like you said, size as well. So I think you really combine those three things together, and I think that's the reason they dropped, which is a great thing for the Bears. But I think when you really look at Anthony Miller, he's 5'11", but he plays bigger than his size, and I think that's a a big thing because – we went into the draft process, and everything that I had heard was basically saying Ryan Pace wanted good route runners, and I think we we've seen that. I mean, uh, Allen Robinson isn't a great route runner by any means, and Taylor Gabriel kind of not the you know the kind of the same thing. But they have an idea on how to run routes, and then you get a guy like Anthony Miller, and I think versatility goes back to versatility. I, I understand he's the receiver, and a lot of people are like, oh, he's a receiver. How, how can he be versatile? But the ability to do what he does not only from the slot but also outside is going to be big and i think the big thing with him is especially when you're in a slot you're going to see the you know the majority of of zone coverages uh and i think that's where he really he really did well and you know from the outside he was not quite as good uh and and press man which i mean that's that's kind of to be expected but the big thing is, and he's not—I would say he's more quick than he is fast. I think he ran a 4-4-8 uh, at his pro day in Memphis. I think it was like seven days before the draft. But he's hes definitely more quick than he is fast, which would fit your uh, Steve Smith comparison because he was kind of the same way. But I think the big thing to keep in mind here is that you have somewhat of a safe— I know that's a bad word to say uh, when you talk about draft picks here, but you have kind of a safe— receiver here because you have a guy that already knows the route tree and not only knows the route tree but runs fantastic routes he knows when to speed up he knows when to slow down he's able to move his eyes he's able to you know do everything that he needs to do to really make those double moves and get downfield and and he's so versatile in the fact that he can line up as a slot he can line line up outside he can you know he can make you pay over the middle he can make you pay uh, you know on on outside routes, and he can also make you pay deep down the field uh like you said really the only knock that I had on him was concentration drops uh and age but I think when you really look at th- this this move here. It's man, it's it's such a big move for the Bears It's exactly when I was looking at the receivers that really kind of fit what the Bears are wanting to do. Christian Kirk was my favorite receiver and I thought he would have fit very well uh, because he reminded me of Golden Tate. But this is like the next best thing. And I don't think the evaluations are too far off outside of age and maybe a little bit more speed from Kirk. But he is a prime fit for Matt Nagy's offense. I mean, there's really just no other way to put it. This is just – it's a great movie. He had had 10-inch hands. He really catches everything for the most part. Like I said, outside the concentration drops, makes some insane catches. But I think the biggest thing that we're going to see that we haven't really seen from Bears receivers in a while is that intense – just that intense aspect that he brings to his game because – I don't think a lot of people understand. Like he walked on at Memphis. Memphis isn't a big school. He walked on to Memphis, and he left Memphis as the all-time leading receiver for that school. And it just—it's really a testament to how good. I mean, he wasn't highly recruited out of high school. Uh, obviously, since he walked on, he really wasn't a big high school prospect at all. Uh, I really got overlooked the majority of his career even at memphis but i man this is just one of those moves i absolutely love it the only thing is i overreacted a little bit and i'll i'll over you know openly admit that that when i saw that second round pick for next year i'm like oh man that's a lot to give up but then you have to think well you're in the middle of the second round and you just gave up a next year second all you had to do was give up a fourth for this year so basically all you did was say we want to use our second round pick a year early and we're going to give up a fourth rounder to do that this year and they already had a pair of fourth rounders so overall Really, really, really like this move. Definitely not, not even remotely. Uh, you know, there's there's no remote question for me that he was my favorite pick in this
1: draft. Favorite pick in the draft. So what do you, are you, are you sticking with the B or are you going to go with this A trade Well, my, I'll, I'll preface it this way. So
2: in my original draft page, like I said, I overreacted a little bit in the moment to the the draft value and I gave it a B plus. I had to go back and, regrade myself right now i think i would definitely say an a and and, and a solid a at that but i guess you know. that's an a an so, so either way we got we got two cores here and you
1: know. <laughs> well i also am going to give this pick an a just because I'm not worried about what they gave up for him. I mean, it's it's similar to uh, Trubisky last season. A lot of people freaked out over what the Bears had to do to trade up one pick, understandably. Uh, but if, if Trubisky turns out to be the real deal, no one's even going to remember that. And I think the same thing is going to go with Anthony Miller. I think he was, uh, you know, obviously, wide receiver was a huge position in need. I mean, I, I went into uh, the, the voluntary uh, minicamp with Allen Robinson off the field. I mean, the Bears, all they had was... Uh, Kevin White is the number one and Taylor Braille on the spot. I mean, if you're, if you're really counting on Benny Fowler, I mean, I, that's, that's not good. So uh, I, it was obviously an area that they had to upgrade because if Kevin White can't stay healthy, which he hasn't been able to do the last three years the ship's not going to go down now. Now you have another number two, like you said, a very versatile uh, wide receiver who can play inside and outside. And, I, you know, the complaints about him beating breast coverage, I, I saw Hodai who was actually very quick at the line of scrimmage, doesn't have the best hands, uh, but he's got that upper body strength and that quickness that just allows him to skirt past those guys who are right in his face. So I, I think especially in the slot, He, you know, that combined with his quickness, with his burst, like you say, he's quicker than fast, but that burst allows him to get behind guys, and when he makes those double moves, I think you mentioned that too as well, he's deadly, and I've seen him make double, triple moves where where the defenders are spinning around, and then he just does his, you know, I want... I want this ball more than you act, which is what r- reminds me so much of Steve Smith. I mean, a smaller guy, but when that ball was in the air, nobody wanted it more than Steve Smith, and I see that same thing when Anthony Miller on film. So I, I you know, even even if he's just a downfield or red zone option to start that would be enough for me to, to, to qualify him as a, as a justifiable player to move up for, but I think he's going to be more than that. I think he's, he's going to challenge Taylor Gabriel for that slot role. If Gabriel goes down, that's definitely Miller's spot, and if and if Kevin White goes down, I think he's, he's going to jump out wide too. I think he's, like you said, he fits what Matt Nagy wants to do, uh, and, and I'm glad that Pace went up and got him. I really think this is a, a big move to really solidify a position that was really shallow and was really going to, honestly, again, be dependent on Kevin White and that wasn't what you wanted to do uh you know Allen robinson isn't even practicing right now a player coming off acl so if those guys can't do it at least you have another guy in your back pocket in anthony miller really good move uh for pace now those first three moves i think we can all agree that the bears got three starters correct
2: yeah absolutely i think three day one starters right off the bat
1: and great then it gets a little squirrely yeah <laughs> that's what i was just about to get at. uh iggy oh and i gotta say it here joel Iubeniwe. all right i did it um fourth round linebacker you know we're looking at uh, the board uh in that fourth round uh you know there's a need for pass rusher um a few guys around the board some decent defensive linemen some decent cornerbacks if you thought that was a need and he went with another linebacker that uh you know, like we mentioned before, with Roquan Smith, it wasn't a position to need coming into this draft. They already addressed it in the first round, and then all of a sudden they got another one. Uh, what's your? I'll let you start. What's your thoughts on uh, Eubany?
2: Well, and I'm just going to throw this out here right away. Uh, I had not heard of this guy until the selection happened. Uh, that was probably just poor due diligence on my part. Although to my defense, everybody in the the group that I was in was like, who who? So I, I know I wasn't the only one. So I'll just put it this way. The pick caught me off guard. Uh, even – let's just take positional – you know, the positional standpoint out of it. I I have a hard time seeing how – and granted, I'm not as smart as, you know, scouts and NFL GMs. I'm just saying from purely from my evaluations, I have a very hard time seeing how Iggy was valued higher than some of the other guys – like, I mean, just to give you an idea, I had Tyrell Crosby, uh, offensive tackle out of Oregon, uh, Duke of 4 which edge rusher out of Wake Forest, uh, Josh Sweat, uh, another uh, edge rusher out of Florida State, and even Maurice Hurts, which obviously with the heart condition, I could see why that would happened. But those are four guys just off the top of my head right there that were still on the board when the Bears picked in the fourth round, and it's just, I, I understand that this is a move for the future i think this is kind of it kind of goes back to you know some of the picks that they made last year with adam shaheen and and the different moves that they made last year there's a small school guy they're going to develop him he has some traits uh he's another smaller guy uh some versatility in terms of he can be an inside outside linebacker whatever it may be uh, he can rush the passer a little bit but i just i have a hard time believing that he wouldn't have been there in the fifth or sixth round and i i just feel like they could have they could have landed in my mind, they could have landed a better pass rusher. I you know obviously we'll get to Kylie Fitz at some point, but I just it's it's hard for me to understand why they made the pick and how he was on the top of the board. I'm not saying I'm smarter than I'm just I'm trying to
1: understand how he was the highest graded player on their board well, at 15. I mean, from what I was told, most NFL teams thought a little highly, a little more higher of him. Uh, than than the analysts did, uh, and you know I I don't think that those in the know were as surprised as maybe you and I were when the when the pick came through, uh, just because of this guy's pure athleticism. I mean, I mean you, you don't there's not a ton of tape out there on him, but you go out there and you see a guy who flies to the ball. Yes, he's only 229 pounds. He played at a smaller school. Um, it's tough to gauge. Uh, what he did in college and kind of translate that to the NFL because of the lack of competition. But, you know, 11, 116 tackles last year, 11 of, 11.5 of those four lost. I think he had seven sacks during his career. Uh, very good blitzer, sideline to sideline player. The, you know, it's just another issue. I mean, with Roquan Smith, I think we have a better all around guy, a bigger guy, a more intelligent guy. But I, I think with Ayubaniwe, you have. Uh, or Eub anyway. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. I'll get it right. Um, you know, you, you you have a player who, uh, like Smith, struggles to get off blocks. So I think if they are going to try and play him at inside linebacker again, they have to keep him clean. There's no way he's going to be able to fill gaps. You know, fight off uh, you know a 330 pound offensive lineman and still make a play. That's not going to happen. Which is why I don't necessarily think he's going to be a pure inside linebacker for the bears i think this is a player with a versatile still set who can play multiple positions i've heard people talk about you know what he can do as an edge rusher i think he has a little bit of ability there i don't think you want to do that full time with him but i think you can send him off the edge occasionally i think he can play inside in sub packages uh on th- on third downs and i think there's some potential from him to maybe line up in a rover slash strong safety role depending on the situation And let Fangio be creative with this athletic guy that he has. I think with Ibaniwe, you're getting a stud special teams player. I think that is just a given. I think he's going to come in and be, you know, as as soon as the Bears get rid of Sherrick McManus, if that ever happens, uh, I think Yubiniwe will will end up being their special teams captain. He's just made to be a special teams stud. But you don't necessarily consider a special teams guy value at the fourth round. I get it. So I think in order for him to have value on defense, it's really up to the coaching staff. It's up to Fangio. Use him in sub packages. Use him in coordination with Smith. In coordination with some stunts and some and some movement up front. And let him you know, get in the backfield, blitz, you know, use him in special packages, have special uh, place set up for him in those sub packages and let him roam and move and and make plays. And I, I, you know, I I don't think he's an every down player. I don't think he'll ever be an every down player, but if Fangio is creative enough, if Fangio approved this pick, then he probably has a plan for him. So I think you got to let, you got to let Vic see what he can do with him and see if he can be creative enough to be effective with Iubiniwe. What's your, uh, what's your grade on this pick? You better get a D chord ready, because I'm going with a D. That there's a D, folks. Uh, I'm actually going to give this a C, just because if he starts making plays immediately on special teams, uh, that's not an area that uh, you know, we can ignore. And I think it's, you know that's a field position area that will have some impact. And, and uh, again, if I think down the line, maybe if he adds a few more pounds, uh, they might be able to uh, get some, something out of him on defense. Moving on, Bilal Nichols, the big defensive tackle. What are your thoughts? Another
2: uh, small school prospect. I was I was waiting those first three picks. I'm like, oh, wow. all right. Ryan Pace is going a little safer here. Still high ceilings, but a little safe. And then he follows the two picks up. And don't get me wrong, I, I like Nichols. I think ultimately he's probably, if you're going to get much pass rush out of him, I think it's going to be more in sub packages out of the three technique. Uh, you know, obviously in base packages, it's, he's, he's going to play five tech. And I, I think he's going to be more of a, I guess, you know, more of a body run stopper type thing. But I think the big thing here with a guy like Nichols is the ceiling. I'm not going to say the ceiling super high because I personally don't believe it is, but I think he's also somewhat of a safe pick in the fifth round where, you know, at very worst, you probably got a rotational guy that can at least play the Mitch Unrind role. Um, and I, and I think really that's what the bears really need because you look at, you got Jonathan you got Jonathan Bollard and Roy Robertson Harris are kind of the guys that were going to battle it out for that the final uh you know, the final five tech starting five tech spot. And now you have Nichols in the in the mix here. And it, it, like I said, at very worst, I think it it adds it adds depth, but I think he also has enough of a high ceiling to make sense to be able to have him as a starting five tech and, and, and get some, get some rotational work in at three tech or even maybe uh you know, nose tackle. But I think the biggest thing is the bears just need a depth at this position and you're going into the fifth round and really there's a lot of projections there. And I think it was a good defensive line class and I think this just kind of goes back to Ryan Pace going back to the small school. You know, he's out of Delaware. It's not a big school, and it's kind of one of those, you know, he's going to take a gamble on somebody maybe he had a higher grade on that maybe he is not quite as safe as somebody else that they could have gone with, uh, you know, one of the guys out of Miami, anybody like that. But it's also a pick that I think definitely makes sense, and it, it's not a bad pick by any means. I, I think you're just getting into the rounds where, Ryan Pace has been good in the fourth and the fifth round. Don't get me wrong; for the most part, he has been good. But I also think that Bears fans kind of have to keep things into perspective and understanding that not every single time Ryan Pace makes a fourth or fifth round pick, these guys are going to turn into stars or you know above-average stars or whatever it may be. This could be a depth piece, but they needed a depth piece. And it, overall, I think it's a good move, especially in the fifth round.
1: Well, I think this this pick. Is in my opinion, it's tied to Roquan Smith. I really think that, like I mentioned before, this is with Smith. You need you need to keep him clean, and I know that Nichols had twelve sacks over the last two seasons, but a lot of those were were uh, second effort sacks. Uh, coverage sacks. I don't, on film, I don't see a player who can penetrate and really be an effective three technique. I think he's much better as a 2 gap guy who can eat up blockers. You see him anchor, played mostly nose tackle for Delaware, so you see him anchor at that, uh, against those double teams. He lowers his hips, and he's hard to move, and it's not like one guy, you know, or even both guys, I mean, they kind of have to stick on him just to keep him in one place, and when that happens, that means your line that those offensive linemen aren't getting to the second level. They're not getting to those linebackers, and that's a situation where a guy like Rotron Smith can just be a Pro Bowl player. So I, I think when you you... People talk about his sack production as a potentially a sub-packaged guy. I really don't see it. I actually see a guy who's going to have his main value on first and second down, just eating up blocker. I mean, he's a guy who's probably not going to get his name called a lot on game day, but I think if he can do what he did at Delaware, and again, we're talking about a lower level of competition, wasn't facing as big a offensive lineman. We'll see what he can do. He's a little undersized, 6'4", 306, but uh, you know, I think that at a five-technique he has the opportunity to really, you know, plug gaps, plug two gaps at one time, keep those keep those linemen from getting to the second level, and if he does that in in the fifth round, if that allows your first rounder to be, to play at a Pro Bowl level, then then I that, I mean that's that's great value in my opinion. And if you get anything out of him as a pass rusher, I think that's just a little little gravy. I think this is a really good pick in the fifth round. What's your grade? I've got a uh, B. Oh, we're going back to the bar chords. This is so tough. <laughs> I'm not experienced. Alright, there's your B uh, I'm actually gonna give it a B as well. Um I think this is a a a, a pick that, like I said. There we go. Uh hard hat lunch pail dry uh, Going to do the dirty work inside and make the other guys around him better. So that's a lot of beef up front in that that defensive line uh, that should hopefully allow Trevathan and Smith the the room they need to roam. Now, sixth round pick, we finally addressed the edge rush problem, or did we? What do you think, Kylie Fitz? I think this is this is a
2: move that when you when you watch his when you watch his film when you actually get to see him play, which has been a little spotty the last two years. He's got a high ceiling. I mean, there's I I don't think there's really at least for me it's not really a debate as to his, his ceiling. I think he's one of those guys that he's 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 long, uh, he's he's quick, and he's also pretty pretty damn strong. I think he's two sixty five. So this is a this is a move that when you get into the later rounds, you're looking for upside, and you're maybe taking gallon. Uh, you're 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 taking some sort of gamble, whether it be with a low floor, which I don't think is really the case here. I think in his case, the gamble is health. Uh, he has to stay healthy. But this is somebody that I think is going to, right off the bat, I mean, you you look at what they have at edge Rusher. I mean, we just talked about it not too long ago. Leonard Floyd and Aaron Lynch. Those are your two pass rushers. Sam Ocho, I like, don't get me wrong. They just signed him to you know, a, a two-year deal, and he's getting, I think it's like $2.75 million this year. Uh, but he's ideally more of your your fourth outside linebacker guy that's going to play special teams going to be in against a run. He's not really much of a pass rusher. And I think with Kylie Fitz, if he's healthy, if he can find a way to stay healthy, hopefully this new strength and conditioning staff and the athletic like trainers and all that stuff can get him good to go. If he is healthy, this is going to be one of those picks. I, I truly believe that we're going to look back on and be like, man, how did he fall to the sixth round? I mean, he's he's that kind of player, obviously. The, the the film's a little inconsistent, but you can definitely see the ceiling here. And I think just really – and I keep harping on it, but the biggest thing for him is going to be durability and health. Can he stay healthy? If he can, I think this is going to be a good move. And I think this is – it's it's a good compliment because Leonard Floyd's a little on the smaller side. He's still you know, skinnier. And then you got a guy like Aaron Lynch who's a little bit bigger. So I think that having another big guy – because Sam also is not that big as well. So having another big guy in the pass rush rotation – uh, is a good thing but it's all barring health for me at this point yeah
1: i agree and and, and it wasn't just as if he had one bad injury he had a, multiple injuries he had a list frank injury uh, to his foot that uh crossed him all but two games two years ago and then dealt with a sprain in both his knee and his shoulder uh, last season which really limited his production and, and that's the reason he fell all the way to the sixth round but you go to the film and you see a player, Win Healthy who, like you mentioned, his his upper body strength, he had 31 reps at 225 in the, in the bench press, that was one of the better, uh, I believe it was one of the best at his position, if not the best so this is a guy with some, some major upper body strength combined with outstanding burst off the ball he times his rush well when he kind of pins his ears back in those third and long situations uh when he times his snap well and he gets off he's behind the offensive tackle before they even can get out of their kick step so uh you know you like you said his ceiling is very very high i i think that if he were to somehow get if he puts all the injuries past him and somehow stays healthy throughout his career he's going to be a double digit sack producer in the nfl but Man, I, what's so concerning is is not only the fact that he had multiple injuries, but the, in front of him are two injured guys as well as Leonard Floyd and Aaron Lynch, a couple of guys who haven't been able to stay healthy throughout their careers as well. So, I think you know this is going to be it's almost going to be a war of attrition at that position. Who can stay healthy, and they're just going to throw those guys out there. But uh, you know, I think Fitz, as a, if he stays healthy, let's say everybody stays healthy, I think he's an, he, he'll we he can be very effective as a situational edge rusher. I think he's. He has to improve immensely. As a run defender, as an edge defender, he's way too easily. He doesn't look motivated as a run defender. I think they need to they need to kind of kick him in the butt there. Uh, But you know he loves getting after the after the uh, quarterback. So if he's his rookie season, all he does is come in on third downs and supplies a little edge pressure. Then again, that's that's good value in the sixth round. So I I I don't mind the pick. I mean this this is it's a at at the sixth round you you, you're taking a risk on anybody. So a a player with his high of a ceiling uh, that. That's, that's a, a risk that's worth taking. What's your grade? I'm going to go with another B. Oh, you're going to make me play these bar chords, man. <laughs> uh, Yeah, I got a B, too. And I apologize for my horrible guitar playing, guys. All right, finally, uh, Javon wins. <laughs> Their seventh-round pick, adding another player uh, from Georgia, also at another uh, a position they already addressed, wide receiver. But like we, we talked before, uh, that was a big position in need, and now they're getting a guy who's 6'3", 215 pounds, so has that ideal size, uh, not necessarily as productive as a receiver as you'd like to see in college. Obviously a raw receiver, that's why he fell to the seventh round, but uh, given his size, his deep ball ability, I think that's what probably made him so attractive to Matt Nagy is, you know, Nagy wants to move the ball down the field. And when he was an offensive coordinator for the last five games for the Chiefs, as well as in the playoffs, they threw when uh, Alex Smith started throwing downfield, which he never really did under Andy Reid. So I think Nagy is, is going to be a little more aggressive in that area. And if Wims in any way can contribute right away on offense, it will be as a deep ball threat. Also uh, in the red zone, just be given his size, his leaping ability, has decent speed. I mean, 4.53, not great. But uh, you know, seventh round uh, again. This is a, this is a good value pick in my opinion. What do you think? I agree. I, I think when you really look at
2: the, the overall pick, I, I think I had a, like a early six on him. I think a lot of people had more of a fourth or fifth round grade. Biggest thing to keep in mind here is that he was a two year starter at Georgia. Um, he basically he played basketball. He hurt himself, and then he decided that he wanted to play football. So he's very new to the position. He's still raw. But he has got he's an athlete. hes hes He's got the size. He's got the athletic ability. Uh, the speed isn't great. But the biggest thing is, for fans to keep in mind, he's hes just raw. I mean, there's really no other way around it. He's not a good route runner. Uh, but you wouldn't really expect that at this point in time, a guy that's only been playing the position for two years. But he was Georgia's leading receiver last year. And he, and he had seven touchdowns. And he's going to be a big body guy. I think the big key for a guy like Wims, especially when looking at the receiver depth chart right now, he needs to learn how to play special teams. And I'm not saying that, that, you know, that's not going to define his career down the road, but I think it's going to define whether he makes the roster this coming year. I mean, he's a seventh seventh round pick. I mean, we, we've seen what the Bears have done with seventh round picks in the past. Daniel Braverman is, is a prime example of how they're not guaranteed to make the roster. Now, I'm not saying that these guys compare to each other because I think Wims is a better receiver, uh, projects better. But this is going to be one of it's going to be an uphill battle for him to even fight for snaps. And he's going to be a situational guy, like you said, uh, you know, a deep threat, maybe a red zone threat. But he's going to have to make an impact on special teams. And he's somebody that I have identified right now as, you know, either that fifth or sixth receiver or possibly a practice squad guy. But he's also very interesting. And the one thing to keep in mind is the Bears like him because Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy both said, you know, this is somebody that we continue to talk about. And we were actually, you know, they were surprised that that he was there in the 7th round. So overall, I think when you look at it, he's kind of a project, but uh, you know, this is a good receiver class in terms of second tier, third tier type talent, and this is somebody that you could have seen go in the 4th round and probably wouldn't even have thought twice. So this is this is another good pick. It's just you have to understand with some of these guys that you know you're you're starting to take risks or whatever it may be, and this he's not a lock to make the roster at this point. I don't
1: believe. No, I agree, and I think the you know, practice squad is seems a, a very likely spot for him, unless he really comes out and shows a lot in training camp and the preseason. Which I mean, really, just with his size alone, if he leaps over a couple of guys, that's a couple easy touchdowns in the preseason that might be enough to get him to make the roster. And again, you know, a couple of guys go down, you never know what he can do in that situational role like you mentioned just as a deep ball threat seven tds last year in a run first offense that at least shows you uh his red zone ability uh his jump ball ability and uh you know just to, his ability to put up points and you know again it all comes back to points and if this guy is a seventh round pick uh, can't produce at all let's say he gives he gives you 40 catches 500 yards and four tds as a rookie i mean that's that's great value uh in, in the in the seventh round it, great value in the seventh round I, I don't know if he'll reach that and he may not even make the team but i think this is a guy again like fits high ceiling bit of a raw player but uh you know again good value in the seventh what's your grade going with the b again sorry man i think i played an a last time so all you musicians out there you're probably like oh god this guy doesn't know what he's doing that's a b uh and i also have a b all right that was a horrible b but this was a great podcast thank you for hanging out with us guys uh once again i apologize for my horrible guitar playing but we wanted to add a little uh little music to the podcast uh in this one uh again actually what's your overall grade for the draft uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with the B+. I think the first three, thir-
2: first three picks were really good. I think some of the other ones are kind of spotty, but and, which is typical. But I think the, the Iggy pick in the fourth round is what keeps us from being an A for me.
1: That's a B. I got a B. And that's it for us, guys. Thank you for uh, hanging out with us for the last 45 minutes. Be sure to follow Aaron on Twitter at AaronLemmingNFL. Give me a follow at BearReport. Check out all all our work at BearReport.com as well as our BearReport Facebook page. And if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and come talk to us every day at the BearReport.com Message boards. That's it, guys. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.